What is up, listeners of the world? My name is Jalen Tully, and welcome to J Talks. up you guys um it's Jalen back for another episode of J Talks on this fine fine Sunday I was just recording for like 10 minutes before I pick up t- I picked up my cord and I realized that my mic was not plugged in so I recorded like 10 minutes of content and it just didn't sound like anything um so that's fun so I'm going into this episode super annoyed but that's okay because as I'm sure you could guess by this episode I'm gonna give you guys some self-care tips so hopefully I can uh implement some during this episode and like calm myself down from that because that is oh I am so annoyed but yeah welcome back nice to talk to you guys again um before I jump into this week's actual episode the self-care Sunday volume 2 episode I do just want to touch on give a cursory glance towards the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict that came out a couple of weeks ago and if you don't know Kyle Rittenhouse is the 17 year old white kid that is an important piece of information, as it always is, um, who traveled from the state of Illinois to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to attend a Black Lives Matter protest that was that was actually in response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Um, there, he shot three people, killed two of them, was able to go home, sleep it off before turning himself into the police the next day, and he was just declared not guilty on all charges um, committed against, uh, not committed against him, he was charged, he was charged with, all the charges he was previously charged with. Sorry, I'm, like, not completely there when it comes to, like, talking right now. Um, which is great, given that I'm on a podcast. But yeah, I just, I did just want to talk about that a little bit, just because it seems like this, just like every political, social, racial, or economic issue in this country, people have decided that they want to take one side or the other, and they want to defend that side till the end, no matter how stupid or backwards they sound. And this trial, the people's opinions on Kyle Rittenhouse as an individual, on Kyle Rittenhouse as a defendant, this is no different. And I did just want to talk about this. I wanted to talk about it, obviously, from my personal point of view. And I also want to talk about it from a legal point of view, because a lot of people are very upset, very disturbed, very angry at the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse got off. And one, those people are also people who didn't realize that racism was a real thing until last summer. So they don't realize that like being disappointed is kind of a part of fighting for black liberation. Don't worry, you'll get used to it. But two, a lot of these people don't really understand legally how this is such a gray area. People are like, well, he shot, well, he killed two people. This shouldn't be a gray area. But, you you know, legally it is. And I I don't know if I've told you guys, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm hoping to go to law school. So... When stuff like this arises, I do try and have an objective way of looking at these issues and looking at them from a legal standpoint and why certain cases go the way they do. And Kyle Rittenhouse's is absolutely no different. So first, I do want to talk about like the legal standpoint and like why this is such a great area legally and why he got off so easily. Um, first, so first, the charge that was dropped um, was he him carrying an assault weapon. Um, in the state of Illinois and city of Kenosha, 17-year-olds are actually able to carry rifles um, as long as they're not short-barreled, the AR-15 that um, 
Rittenhouse was carrying was not short-barreled, therefore it wasn't illegal for him to carry it, so that's why that charge was dropped. A lot of people were like, oh, the judge is dropping charges already, and like, granted, that's definitely not a good sign when it comes to a case as high profile as this one, that usually means that the defendant is going to get off or is not going to see as many charges as they would originally. Like I said, definitely not a good sign legally, but also legally speaking, it, it should have been dropped. Like he, he did quote unquote nothing wrong in that instance. You know, when it, and when it comes to the other charges, a, another large reason why this was such a great area was because one, a, a heavy argument could be made that Kyle was defending himself you know, my personal take on this is, like, you cannot go incite violence and then claim self-defense against that violence. And a lot of people were like, well, Rittenhouse was cleaning off graffiti from his local schools and from people's cars right before then. He was, he also went to the protest with a first aid kit. And, you know, to, to that, I'm like, okay, well, let, let's say he did want to help. Let's say he did want to help, and the gun, the AR-15 that was slung across his back was just a precautionary measure. However, when, when you're at a protest, people are not going to notice the first aid kit first. People are not going to notice that you're trying to help people first. The first thing I'm going to notice about someone is that they have a gun on their back. And that is immediately going to put me in defensive mode. I'm like, why is that person here with a gun? Even if they are protesting with us, even if they support everything we do, again, it's like, why do you have a gun? Especially as a white person at a Black Lives Matter protest people are going to take that as threatening. And even if you were trying to help, which is very clear that Kyle Rittenhouse was not trying to help, you know, we, police are going to take that as threatening. Police are going to take us as the agitators then. Police already see Black Lives Matter protests and gatherings and black people gathering in general as a threat. So why are you amplifying that? And I say this knowing that there were probably people that were carrying Glocks in that crowd. There were probably people that had, you know, pistols shoved into their waistband and into their coat pockets. But the thing is, the difference is that those are not out and proud on display. When you have an AR-15 slung across your back, you want people to know that you have it. You want people to know that if the time comes, if the moment arises, you will be able to shoot someone. You will be able to cause harm to someone. Someone who truly just has a pistol tucked away somewhere, you know, there's, I just feel like there's a different social and societal connotation, and I don't know if that's to do with our very toxic and very permeating drug, uh, gun culture in this country, or if that's, you know, just my own opinion, but I, I, it's probably a mixture of the two. And even though there were three men that did attack Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse was getting attacked, you know, one of those men that was attacking him was a felon, one of them was trying to stab him, one of them had a gun on him. Like, and all of that aside, it's like, okay, but he was originally threatening those people by having a gun on their back, on his back. Like, I, I don't care. I'm sorry. But if someone walks into a crowd of people with an AR-15 on them, I am immediately going to feel defensive. I am immediately going to feel threatened. Like, that is not something that people can ignore. And I, I just, I don't know, like, maybe I would feel differently if, like I said, Rittenhouse had a pistol on him and, you know, he took it out once he started to get attacked. But if you walk into an area happily showcasing and proudly showcasing that you can commit violence against anyone in that given area, people are going to attack you. Whether or not you deserve it, whether or not you're on their side, whether or not you are supporting the cause that they're on, people are going to take that as a personal affront. And again, that brings me back to my point that, like, you cannot go to an area that you do not live in, incite violence 
or even incite a threatening atmosphere and then claim self-defense against that atmosphere or against that violence that you perpetuate. Like, I'm sorry, but that was just the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard. Um, and that was even what the prosecutor's argument was saying, was like, this kid went into an area with a gun on his back and then claimed self-defense because people started to attack him. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, like I'm sorry, but like I'm, I don't care that he was 17 years old. He was old enough to go and kill two people. Therefore, he should be old enough to understand that consequences have actions. And prosecutor was completely fucking right in that instance. But personal opinions aside, as I'm sure you guys got that from now, he, he was acting in quote-unquote self-defense. There were people attacking him. There were people trying to cause harm to him. Um, and like I said, he was being like kind of a good civilian earlier. He was cleaning um, spray paint and vandalism off of public property, off of schools, off of cars. Um, he actually does have family in Kenosha, which is another thing that people were kind of like ignoring, I want to say. People who were against Kyle Rittenhouse were kind of ignoring that. They just seemed to think that he willy-nilly traveled to the next state over, you know, in, in the wee hours of the morning and just killed two people in a state, in a city that he has no affiliation in, that he does not live in. And that's really not true. He actually has, his dad lives in Kenosha, I believe his sister, and I think like an uncle or a grandfather. Um, so he does have family in Kenosha and he could technically live in Kenosha if he wanted to. Like I said, his dad is there. So again, just very not as black as and white as people want to think it is. It's a lot of shades of gray in this situation. So like, I don't, again, I don't want to talk about it for too long. I kind of just wanted to mention it. Kind of just wanted to help give you a little bit of insight. If you didn't know those things, if you didn't see them from a legal perspective, I kind of just want to paint the picture as to why Kyle Rittenhouse got off. Don't get me wrong. I know a part of the reason he got off is because he's white and nobody is denying that. Nobody here is denying that anyways. You know, that that was something that really fucking ticked me off after he got off, after he was declared not guilty, is that was the first... But, by the way, that was the first thing he did. He jumped on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News and said, this trial shouldn't have been about race. I'm not racist. I support Black Lives Matter. This has nothing to do with race. I'm like, excuse me, little boy. <laughs> excuse me. Um... One, if this was not about race, if this shouldn't have been politicized, if this shouldn't have been a political issue, why are you jumping on Tucker Carlson's show immediately after you get after you get off and after you're declared not guilty of all char charges? That's suspicious, especially because Tucker Carlson is, I would make the argument, probably one of the most inflammatory person on Fox News, one of the most controversial people on Fox News, um, and I would feel very comfortable making that statement, for one. For two... After your $2 million bail got paid by white supremacist organizations, I want to say, Kyle, you went to a bar and hung out with white supremacists and were photographed making white power hand symbols. Also, before you got charged, you had a Confederate flag on your truck. So I just, I'm like, don't tell me this isn't about race. Don't tell me this has nothing to do with politics because it had to do with politics from the very first day. It always has to do with politics. Everything in America will always have to do with race. And there might be some people who hear me say that and get annoyed. Why does everything have to be made about race? Because everything is about race. Because white people do make everything about race. Because nine times out of ten, it is you guys. It is you guys showcasing and abusing your privilege as to why black people turn around and say, well, how can we not make this about race? It's very clearly, it's very clear that you get treated differently than I do because of the color of your skin. Because I want to note, that if a black person had gone to a MAGA rally, gotten attacked, shot three people and killed two, he wouldn't have even been able to walk out of there alive. 
And if he did, a trial would have been a formality. He would have been locked in prison for life. And I don't want anyone, anyone, to try and argue me about that. Okay? You know, I saw a lot of people trying to compare Kyle Rittenhouse to Tamir Rice. And that shit, who that shit was pissing me off. And these are people that, like, are a little more left-leaning, you know, black support Black Lives Matter. Like, we're trying to make, like, kind of a good point. But to me, it just came off, like, so tone-deaf and so classless a 12-year-old boy in an open carry state with a BB gun who was playing in a park and shot within two seconds. Like, you cannot even compare that to Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm sorry, but you cannot. And I get the point that you're trying to make. I get you're trying to show showcase inequality in America, but a dumb person, someone who really agrees with Kyle Rittenhouse and what he did, is not going to see that comparison and agree with you. They're going to see that comparison and get angry. That's why I'm saying what you have to do is completely come up with a hypothetical that showcases the opposite scenario. A black person goes to a MAGA rally, shoots three people, kills two. Would not even be able to walk away alive. Like, that's the comparison I need to see. I don't want to be reminded about Tamir Rice. I don't want to be reminded about Trayvon Martin. I don't want to, like, we get it. This, this country sucks. But those are also people that were murdered by police. Those are not people that are able to run by police after killing two people with the same AR-15 that he used to kill those two people still slung on his back. And he is then able to go home and sleep it off for the night. Like, I need you to realize how deep these inequalities run. Like, I need you to realize how truly systemic this is. This is not a once, this is not a one-off situation. I need you to contemplate how many Tamir Rice's, how many Trayvon Martins that we that we don't know of, that exist, whose names were never hashtags, whose faces were never on the news, versus, sorry, I have a cat door on my door and my cats like to come in and out and that's like what you just heard, that very weird and loud noise for no reason. So you might hear that a couple times in my episodes. Versus how many Kyle Rittenhouses do you think exist in this legal system right now? How many people have done heinous things, committed heinous crimes, said terrible things, done terrible things to other people, and have able to had have been able to walk away because they were underage, because they did they, you know, cried crocodile tears on the witness stand, because they claimed self-defense. Like how many of these people exist that we have no idea about? And that's what the picture that I'm trying to paint right now is like, I need you to see how deep this inequality runs. Because you're right, this trial should have had nothing to do with race. Especially because the people that he killed were also white people. But honestly, I feel like that's also the reason why it had everything to do with race. Because imagine how differently the- oh my god, I can't with them. Um, but imagine how differently people would have reacted if the people he killed were black. Or if the people he killed were women. Or if the peep or if he was black and the people who he killed were white. Like it like I just need you to contemplate every single way that the scenario could have go could have gone. I need you to contemplate all of the different variables that came into play with getting this kid off because all of them are so important in their own ways. So again, now that I've been talking for over 16 minutes on this. Um, it is time to wrap it up. I do have other stuff I want to get into in this episode. This is supposed to be a self-care episode, so I'm going to wrap that up. We're not going to talk about it anymore, and now I'm going to jump into my self-care Sunday. All right, first things first. It's kind of like two things, but they go hand in hand, so I'm just going to call them as one thing. Better your diet and drink more water. This is, I know everyone's going to hear that and be like, Jalen, that is so, like, 
everyone fucking says that. That's so annoying. We don't want to hear it anymore. But I mean it 1000%. Because even just think about it like this. You are what you eat. If you eat nothing but McDonald's Big Macs and Dairy Queen Flurries every single day, your body is going to digest that. Your body is going to take in the nutrients or lack thereof in the meals that you consume. And you are going to literally become the nutrition factors of a Big Mac and a flurry. I'm guessing your skin will start breaking out. Your, you know, muscle retention won't be as great. Your skin might start to get, you know, dimply. The collagen that's in your skin might start to break down. The other vital nutrients, vital minerals, vital proteins that are within your skin, your organs, your bones will start to break down. You will literally start to become what you eat. And that is very, very real. However, if you fill your diet, if you fill your body with leafy greens, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, if you drink water every single day, I want you to be pissing like a racehorse. You're drinking so much fluids. And that is, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being serious. Like, if you're not peeing at least a half dozen times a day, you're not drinking enough water. <laughs> and like, I know it's annoying, but it's true. Like, just ha just being able to absorb good foods, being able to have your body run on good foods, you will notice such a difference. And I specifically want to say like foods that are good for your brain health and good for your brain function, you will especially be able to notice a difference in that. So again, your dark leafy greens, avocados are great, salmon is great, anything with those, you know, essential oils and healthy fats, like you will genuinely be able to notice a difference in your brain function, how alert you are, how easy it is for you to fall asleep or wake up or stay awake. You might not start to need coffee or caffeine boosts in the morning anymore. Like, it's crazy. Also, this is going to be so weird and you guys are going to be like, Jalen, I'm not doing that. But I'm serious. I seriously need you to like keep track of when you make bowel movements and when you go to the bathroom and take a shit. Um, I started out so professionally in that I need you to let uh, keep track of when you make bowel movements and then I just went to when you take a shit. It's called range, sweetheart. <laughs> um, but no real talk. Like I started to really eat healthy healthily. After I got out of my breakup, actually, I really started to like care more about my body and like focus more about like what I was eating and what I was doing every day. And that was something I noticed now. Every single morning, I have a bowel movement around like the same time, like when I get up. And it is, and then at like sometimes one in the afternoon, depending on like what I eat or how much I eat. But usually it's like once in the morning. And like getting on that schedule, like that's, this seems like such a stupid thing. And it seems like such like a gross thing. When I tell you that it does really help set your day, I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to like get a reaction out of you. I'm being serious. And especially when you don't have to like sit on the toilet and like, push you know what I mean because that's not a healthy stool that's not a healthy bowel movement you should not have to strain on the toilet when you're going to the bathroom that's a sign that you don't have the necessary nutrients that you don't have the necessary amounts of fiber in order to have what you're eating pass through your digestive system smoothly that's literally what it means so try implementing more fiber into your life you know it should I you might know this, you might not know this, that's why I'm sharing it with you, but stool movements, bowel movements should come out relatively easily. You should not even have to push. And when you wipe, there should be nothing on the toilet paper. That's like your perfect bowel movement. 
and when I tell you that you will genuinely feel so much better once those become your regular I'm not even kidding you because again like your di your body literally starts and ends with what you eat and your digestive system and if your system is having a hard time extracting out nutrients or isn't able to extract out many nutrients you're going to feel that because again that is literally the very basis of how you survive that's the basis of how you're able to get you know sugars to your vital organs that your parts able to pump and your lungs are able to breathe and your digestive system is able to digest that's how you get the necessary sugars to your muscles so you're able to walk and run and hold things and move throughout your everyday life that's how your brain is able to think that's how you're able to make thoughts that's how you're able to think on your feet and you know come up with thoughts and solve equations as quickly as you can like what you eat is the very basis of how you live and if what you eat is shit then how you live is going to be shit so what you eat needs to be better and not shit boom there you go mind blown fourth wall broken um <laughs> but like i said specifically Foods that are good for your brain, foods that have a lot of good essential oils, good fats for you. And then also, this is going to annoy a lot of people, but if, and if you need, you know, extra answers as to why this is important, I would recommend either a vegetarian or a less meat-centered diet. You don't have to go completely vegetarian, even doing like a meatless Monday or only eating meat a couple of times a week or at a couple of meals. You know, it will really make a difference in your life. And I, I promise you, you will feel so much better. Even if you just cut out red meat. And even if you just stick to like your chickens and your fishes and your chicken, your fishes, your chicken and your fish and, you know, more leaner, healthier white meats like that, you will notice a substantial difference in how you live your life, the energy that you get. Like I said, how easy it is to fall asleep, how easy it is to wake up in the morning, all of it. So please, like, look at what you're eating look at what you're allowing to enter your body all right this is kind of for me as well because i have been struggling with this one for a while but if you're able to do it it really does mitigate the amount of stress that you feel and oh my god it just makes your life so much easier but try and get all your work and or schoolwork done before the weekend so for me that would be obviously my schoolwork and then this podcast trying to get those things done before Saturday comes around so I don't have to worry about anything for the weekend and that you know same goes for you I know a lot of people myself included who do not focus on getting stuff done during the week and then the weekend rolls around and you have stuff on Sundays and Saturdays that are due and then you're rushing around trying to get them done you know before the deadline before the due date and imagine if you just did not have to do that, if you could just enjoy your weekends being like everything is turned in, everything is set, I am set to not have to worry about anything for next week, or if your weekends are free, if you're not a partier, if you're not someone who goes out a whole lot, if your weekends are pretty much just downtime for you, you can either enjoy that downtime or you could even get started on work for the next week and be even further ahead. Like how great does that sound? It seems like such a simple thing, it seems like such a small thing, but it really does make a huge difference and take that from someone who was doing it for a while and was definitely in a better place mentally and in terms of her schoolwork and when it gets done and is also that same person who's not doing it now and who's kind of struggling to keep up with her schoolwork and the podcast, but you know, we're going to ignore that for now. 
Um, but like real talk, it does make your life so much easier. And then you can spend your weekends doing whatever the hell you want. You can go out partying. You can go out to brunch. You can go on a 48 hour bender all weekend if you wanted to, because it doesn't matter. You don't have schoolwork that you have to do or turn in. All right. This next one is definitely not for everyone, but if it is for you, this could be such a great way to help with stress and set you up responsibility wise. And that is to get a pet. Now, I do have a little bit of a disclaimer because I do have to say pets are not accessories. Animals are not something that you get when you're feeling low and then you can just get rid of the second you feel better because that was something that a lot of people were doing during the pandemic. When the world shut down, when we started to have to really reevaluate how we live our lives and actually live our lives differently, a lot of people got pets because they were working from home, they were doing school from home, they were alone at home all the time. And they started to realize that they were lonely and they had all this extra time. So why not get a cat or a dog to spend all that extra time with? And then, you know, the, the end of last year, beginning of this year, when everyone started to get vaccinated, when we started to, you know, go back into the real world, go back to work, go back to in-person learning, and people started to, again, have less time for these animals, shelters were filling up. Animals were being euthanized left and right because shelters didn't have the room for all the pets that were getting returned. And I do just gotta say, if you are one of those people, this podcast is probably not the area for you to exist in because I will straight up tell you that you're a terrible person and there's a place in Dante's Ninth Ring of Hell for you. <laughs> and I'm not kidding either because like, why would you do that? Like take a pet who's been in the shelter, who's never known a home or a loving family, show them exactly that, and then dump them on their ass when they're suddenly an inconvenience for you, that's not being a good person. And I will straight up tell you that to your face. But for now, it has to be through a microphone, I guess. So again, I do just want to make that point that pets are not accessories. Pets are responsibilities. They are living, breathing things with feelings that will get attached to you. And for you to dump them whenever they're no longer convenient, whenever they no longer fit into your lifestyle... You should not have gotten a pet in the first place if that's how you're going to look at it. However, if you are not going to look at pets like that, and if you're actually going to acknowledge them as sentient living beings that need your help in order to survive, and see them as a relationship in, with, in which both of you can prosper and gain something from it, then I highly recommend you get a pet. And if you've never had a pet before, then I would recommend you start with something small, something so you can, you know, test out those waters of responsibility. Because again, pets are responsibility. They do depend on you for survival. If they don't have food, if they don't have water, if they don't have a clean place to sleep or go to the bathroom, that could be a problem for not just you, but that could also be a problem for them. And especially when it comes to animals like dogs or cats that require a little bit more time, a little bit more effort, a little bit more responsibility, if you don't have that time or effort or responsibility to be able to give them, again, that could be a huge... I love my cats. That was a, the sound of my kitten knocking something over on my nightstand. I just uh, love them so much. They're not a nuisance at all. But again, like I was saying, that could be a huge health risk or safety risk for both them and you. So, uh, again, if you have never had a pet before, if you don't really know if you'd be able to handle it, one, I recommend starting with a plant. Plants are easy. Plants are great. Nothing really, I mean, yeah, the plant will die if you don't take care of it adequately, but you really don't have to do a lot to take care of a plant adequately. You kind of just have to make sure they get enough sunlight and water them occasionally. Like, plants are easy. If you can take care of a plant, 
easy. And if you can't take care of a plant, not like I said, nothing really bad happens. The plant dies, but it's a plant. I, again, like don't go off killing plants. Like that's kind of not great either. But nothing like truly bad happens if a plant dies. It's a, it's just a plant. But if you've been able to take care of plants successfully, I recommend getting something like smaller that doesn't require a whole lot of attention, but that you still can engage with in other ways. So like fish are easy. Fish are probably in the same part as plants, honestly. Like, you you don't really have to do a lot with fish. Um, but I would say, like, get, like, a rodent of some kind. And I know people are, like, iffy about rodents. But, like, guinea pigs, hamsters, rats, mice, um, you know, like, chinchillas, gerbils, stuff like that. Like, stuff that's in that family. All, like, I don't want to say relatively easy to have, but in terms of, like, when you compare it to, like, a dog or a horse or you know like something in like something weird like in that realm that actually needs a lot of work and that actually needs a lot of engagement with them relatively very easy um you know you don't have to have a lot of room for them you can usually just get you know a small cage with you know some some bedding some toys some hutches some hideouts for them some food obviously and some water and then you're golden like in terms of setup, in terms of cost, in terms of maintenance, those animals usually don't need to go to the vet. Those animals usually don't need special medications or prescriptions. Those animals usually don't need a lot of attention. They don't need to go out. They don't need to be walked. Um, but if you want to take them out, if you want to handle them, if you want to hold them and cuddle with them, you are more than welcome to. So I think that, again, rodents would be like a great place to start with someone who knows they're responsible enough to take care of an animal, but don't know if they have the true time or effort and money to dedicate to an animal that would require more work. Next step up, I would say, would be like a cat, because cats are very easy, and I, I'm gonna say something, I'm probably gonna say a lot of things, actually, that's gonna make me seem like a crazy cat lady, and that's because I am a crazy cat lady. I'm 19 years old and already have two cats, and they're two cats that I've gotten within a year and a half of each other. Like, I'm, I'm crazy, and I'm fully able and willing to admit that. Like, I could probably have, like, you could probably, as a person, have, like, 10 cats, and not really, like, have a whole lot change in your everyday life. You'll just have to clean more litter boxes and fill more bowls. But that's, like, really not a whole lot of work. Especially my cats. My cats free feed. My cats don't overeat. My cats aren't unhealthy. I've had them both. One of them is actually still a kitten. The other one I've had since he was a kitten. So I've taught them from a very young age to free feed. So they don't overeat. They don't undereat. They eat whenever they need to. They eat whenever they're hungry. They're both litter box trained. I have them using, you know, the same litter boxes. I clean them every day. Like, it's, it's really not a lot of work. It's really not a lot of effort. Yes, cats still need to go to the vet. Yes, I still need to, you know, get them neutered, get them up to date on their vaccines, make sure that they don't have fleas, that they don't have, that they don't have ticks, all that stuff. But in terms of, you know, the, a 19-year-old that can live on her own, that bartends, that has the money, that has the time to be able to afford and take care of cats, like, for me, cats are very easy. And if you are a student, if you are someone who maybe works full-time and doesn't know if you can give the true effort to, you know, what a dog would need, a, you know, a dog that needs to go out several times a day, be fed several times a day, is much more expensive to maintain vet-wise, a cat would be a great, like, place for someone like that to start. Because, again, cats are easy. You can leave a cow, you can leave cats alone for, like, a weekend and they're fine. You cannot come home from the office for a night and a cat will be fine. You can, you know, have to work a double at the hospital and you know, for a couple of days, and a cat will be fine, as long as they're fed, as long as they have water, as long as they have a clean litter box, a cat can really be left alone for a couple of days, and that's kind of what I love about cats. They're very, very easy animals to have. 
And then obviously the last step I would say would probably be a dog in terms of like animals that you could keep in your house. Dogs are definitely the most effort of any of those animals. Like I said, just because they have to go out several times a day, you have to take them out unless you have like a doggy door with a fenced in yard that you have. But I know like those are not truly feasible for a lot of people. A lot of people don't actually have that set up. So you do have to take them out. Depending on the breed, you might have to walk them. You might have to take them to the dog park. You might have to exercise them. Make sure that they get the adequate amount of exercise that they need a day. You have to obviously take them to the vet. And, you know, their vet visits are usually much more expensive, much more frequent. You have to buy them, you know, food and, you know, all this stuff. Like, dogs are definitely a lot more effort. I, I'm an everything animal person. Like, everyone's like, oh, are you a dog or a cat person? I'm definitely a cat person. But, I, like, I love dogs. Like, I love myself a good dog, and if I could get myself a dog at this point in life, I definitely would, but I know that I would not be able to take care of it the way that it would deserve, so I'm not going to get a dog. I'm just going to keep on getting more cats. Um, but yeah, um, getting a pet, great way to help with stress, great way to also set up responsibility for yourself later in life. Again, don't use the animal as a crutch for responsibility if you know that responsibility is not a personal attribute that you possess in, you know, large amounts maybe work your way up. Like I said, start with a plant and then see how far you get because an animal is not, don't test out those ropes on an animal. Don't test out those ropes when you have a living, breathing thing that needs your help to survive because that's not fair, especially if that's not something that you'll be able to keep up with. Even those, you know, having to engage with your animals, having to play with your cats, having to take your dogs out for a walk or go to the dog park, those are great ways to force yourself to get out of the house. Those are great ways to help with your stress personally. I mean, studies have shown that playing with animals, cuddling with animals, going for walks with animals, all reduce stress, all reduce the amount of anxiety that we feel on a daily basis. Animals help with depression and other mental illnesses. They use dogs for people with, you know, seizure disorders or PTSD, you know, like, we, we know how much animals can help our mental health. And if this is something that you're really struggling with, but you know you can manage to take care of another living thing, I wholeheartedly recommend you get a pet. It will truly enhance your life in a way that you will never understand. Yes, my cats piss me off every single day, but they also make me laugh every single day. They also make me feel loved every single day. They also remind me that even when the entire world has its back on me, there are still going to be two extremely handsome, extremely furry friends waiting for me when I get home who are, will not care how badly I fucked up, who will not care how much everyone else hates me. They will still want to jump up in my arms and be held and be pet and be fed by me. You know, it does, it just, it does do something to you. Did you just hear them purr in the background because they're playing with one another? They're so cute. I love them to the ends of this earth. Um, but yeah, getting a pet was definitely something that will help with. It's not as bad anymore. Like the you know, like the, the, like the pandemic fatigue that people are feeling, but I know some people are definitely still feeling it. So again, getting a pet is definitely something that you should contemplate. All right. This is going to be the last one I do before I wrap up this week's episode, but this one is, might be a little bit out there. It might take a little bit convincing for you guys to do it, but if you can do it, I, I definitely think that it will have changes in your life that will be unforeseen that you will not have expected. And that is to do something new or outgoing with your appearance. Whether that is getting your hair done, going out and getting acrylics, getting a pedicure, getting your eyelashes done, 
getting your eyebrows threaded, going out and getting a lash lift. I told you guys last time I uploaded an episode, well, not last week, but the week before that I uploaded an episode about my lash lift. Literally changed my life. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Um, go out and change your wardrobe, buy some new clothes. Like, whatever works for you, whatever you feel comfortable with, go out and do it. Because it, being able to reinvent yourself, like, there's a reason girls chop off all their hair and dye it after a breakup. It's liberating. It feels good. It's therapeutic to change something about yourself. Like, let's face it, these bodies do not fucking matter. Like, you're, you're, you are not your body. Your body is just a vessel, a temporary vessel for you as you walk on this earth as a person. So who cares? Go out. Get a tattoo. Get a new piercing. Cut off all your hair and dye it a crazy color. Get, like, who the hell cares? Especially if it's something that's going to make you feel good about yourself. Especially if it's something that you're going to look in the mirror, you're going to see, and you're just going to immediately, you know, be happy with it. It might be scary, it might be daunting, but if you've been wanting to do it for a while, if you've been thinking about it, but are like, oh, I, I just, I, I don't know, I haven't, like, really gotten the push I need, I just feel like it's so out there, I just feel like I would look weird, well, guess what, sweetheart, this is your sign. If you are hearing this, this is a sign that you are supposed to go out and do whatever crazy thing that you want to do with your body, because, again, it does not matter, like, obviously, like, if you're employed and you can't have, like, crazy colored hair, don't come in with, like, bright pink or bright blue hair. Like, the, like, don't put your job or your livelihood at risk for this. But if it's, like, if you've been thinking about getting a new ear piercing, go out and get a new ear piercing. If you've been thinking about, you know, getting a first tattoo or getting another tattoo, go out and get that tattoo. If you've been thinking about cutting your hair, cut that hair. It grows back. Who cares? Again, the, the, like I said, I'm going to keep coming back to this. There is a reason that girls cut off all their hair and dye it after they break up with someone. There is a reason that people do that when they're going through difficult times in their life. And people are like, are like well, that's because they're mentally unstable. And I'm like, yeah, but how, how much better do you feel after you do that? Like, how liberating is it at the same exact time? Like, yes, it might be crazy. Yes, it might be impulsive. Yes, it might be outlandish. But even if it turns out awful, even if you feel like you look terrible, let's face it, hair grows back. You can re-dye hair. You can, you know, take off acrylic nails. You can take off nail polish. You can take off makeup. You can, you know, resell clothes. Like, granted, tattoos and piercings are a little bit more permanent, so maybe put, like, a little bit more thought before you get one of those. But, like, just go out and do something crazy with your body. Go out and do something crazy with your life. Like, a change will do you good. It always does. All right, you guys. Tear, tear coming down my face because this week's episode is almost coming to a close. However, I do have a what's in my rotation this week, so don't go yet. Um, this week what was in my rotation was I actually watched the new Black Widow movie. Gotta say, I can definitely see why it flopped. <laughs> no, 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 that was so mean. I should not say that. It was a good movie. I'm a Marvel fan. I did like it. It was, it was a Marvel movie. I mean, are, is there really such thing as a bad Marvel movie? Are we being, like, can we, like, be real about that? There's no such thing as a bad Marvel movie. Um, however, I can see why it was such a flop. One, it came out during the pandemic. It came out during a time when people didn't feel comfortable. People haven't been to the movie theaters in a while. And I don't think people were just going to go out to the movie theaters to watch a movie that they could watch on HBO Max or Disney+. Plus. You know what I mean? Like, we've gotten so used, I feel like, to, at least I have, to being able to, you know, get takeout food or make food at home, 
sitting on the couch in your jammies and watching the newest movie that just came out. Like that has become such a comfortable experience now instead of having to get dressed and go out and having to put all this effort into sneaking food into the theater and sometimes it even gets taken away. And then you have to sit in those uncomfortable ass seats that can't recline, that can't go back, that have one cup holder each and watch a movie with hundreds of other people sitting in a cramped theater where someone's phone is going off every two seconds, someone's talking on the phone, a baby's crying in the background. Like, going to the movie theater sucks, unpopular opinion. I would much rather just watch a movie at home and be comfortable in my own space. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat, or at least a lot of people got in the same boat in the last year when we weren't able to go out. And so it does not really surprise me that it was a flop for that one reason and that one reason alone that we weren't able to go to the movie theater. Of course, I mean, there could have been a Captain America movie or an Iron Man movie that came out this summer, and I bet you it also would have had probably the lowest numbers of any Marvel movie that has come out because, again, we don't have people going to the movie theater anymore. And of course, the second reason why I think it was such a flop is because it was a female superhero. I mean, not to make everything about the patriarchy, but let's face it, y'all do not respect or support female superheroes. Y'all think female superheroes are lame and that they don't get enough clout. And Black Widow is arguably the least favorite Marvel superhero that exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's face it, she really doesn't do a whole lot. She doesn't have any, like, she doesn't have, like, any dramatic augmentations. She doesn't have, she didn't get any serum. She doesn't have a super suit that she can step into. She doesn't have a fancy hammer that controls the lightning like you know what I mean like it's just like she's kind of just a, like a super spy like she's kind of just like there like she's still completely human that and Scarlett Johansson kind of sucks um <laughs> oh I'm mean right now um but no real talk you guys like it was actually still pretty good especially you know given that the fact that I'm really not a huge Scarlett Johansson fan uh given the fact that it was I would arguably say one of the worst Marvel movies to ever exist, and that is based on your opinion of the Iron of the third Iron Man movie. I liked the third Iron Man movie, however, so I would make the argument that Black Widow is the worst Marvel movie to come out. Um, I just I just think Tony Stark is such an arrogant piece of shit that like I liked a movie where they were able to humanize him a little bit because he's just such like a megalomaniac and just thinks so highly of himself at all times that like to have him humbled a little bit was very nice. Anyways, I'm getting so off track and I'm like not at all trying to give into you guys that this movie's good or worth your time. But it is. It genuinely and truly is. I'm assuming you've watched the Marvel movies if you're a Marvel fan. Um, I'm assuming most of you have probably watched the Marvel movies. If not, go watch them. They're amazing. Um, but that little stretch of time after Civil War, before Infinity War, when like all of Captain America's friends, like Barton, Sam Wilson... Um, Ant-Man, when they all get caught, we're all, when they're all in prison, when Captain America's on the run, and when Black Widow's on the run, it gives you such an insight into, like, that little stretch of time when nobody's really hearing from her, and it also gives you perspective not just into what led to her being able to rescue those people who were in, pr in prison with Captain America, but it also gives you an insight into, like, hopefully a little bit of a story after the move, after Endgame, after Natasha passes away, and I don't want to spoil anything, just go watch the movie yourself, but it does kind of hint at uh, a, a character progression and a progression after that of getting, of avenging Natasha's death. And it's just, it's such an interesting concept. Like I said, don't want to spoil anything. I'm just going to leave it at that. Go watch it if you want to know what I'm talking about, if you want to like be in on the inside joke, wink, wink. 
All right, you guys, that's actually the ending of this week's episode. I'm serious this time. I'm done. Um, if you enjoyed this week's episode, you guys know the drill, but if you enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to subscribe for weekly episodes that come out every single Sunday. Also, be sure to share this podcast with people that you know who you think might enjoy it. It helps me so, so much. If you want to hear more from me, don't know why you would, but if for some crazy reason you do... Follow me on all of my social media platforms. All of my handles are just at Jalen Tully because I like to make it easy for y'all. <sighs> and with that said, you guys, I think this week's episode is like actually done now. I think this is like the ending, the actual like ending ending. I love you guys. Thank you so much for a fantastic year. I actually just got my Spotify, my Spotify wrapped, obviously for my music and for my podcast. And I just gotta say, like, the friends and family that have been supporting me for this last year that I've had this podcast, thank you. And I appreciate you more than you'll ever even realize. It it makes me feel so supported to know that there are people who are out there supporting me and supporting my endeavors and uplifting things that make me happy and that I put my energy into. So just know you guys mean the world to me. And here's to another year of mindless blabbering. Cheers, you guys. All right, guys, you know the drill. You know what's coming next. Be sure to leave this episode, every episode before now, and every episode after now, ready to enter the world and educate often, learn freely, and always, always, always love equally. Thank you guys so much for another fantastic week. I will talk to you next Sunday.